0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: hello and welcome to the mick clifford podcast with the irish examiner now earlier this week there was an exhumation of the body of baby john the baby who was found on the white strand near in county kerry on the 14th of april 1984 the baby had been stabbed 28 times That discovery led to what came to be known as the Kerry Babies Tribunal, which many saw as a seminal and shocking event in the Ireland of the time. The central figure in the tribunal was Joanna Hayes, a then 25-year-old woman from Abbey Dorney in North Kerry, which is about 70 kilometres from the White Strand where the baby was found. And I'm just pointing that out because some people, even today, describe Joanna Hayes as a local woman Uh, In relation to where the baby was found And that is not the case at all She was from a a different peninsula 70 kilometres away In any event there was no connection Between baby John and Miss Hayes And she and her family were done a grievous wrong By different arms of the state Last year a High Court judge Said that the findings of the tribunal Against Miss Hayes and her family Were unfounded and incorrect The family are believed to have received a settlement In excess of 2 million euro from the state The latest development in that story was this week's exhumation, which is part of an investigation begun three years ago to find out who was Baby John's mother. It should be pointed out here that the original investigation into Baby John's death effectively ended within weeks of the discovery of the body when Gardy erroneously connected the baby to Miss Hayes. Now, unfortunately, that's been a feature of some guard investigations down through the decades. They hone in on somebody who turns out not to have been involved. And the problem there is all other avenues of inquiry shut down. And it would seem that that was definitely the case here. And once, as they say, a trail goes cold, it becomes very difficult to pick it up again. But that's what the guard are now trying to do 34 years after the initial discovery. This new investigation wants to locate the mother of the baby and determine whether she had anything to do with his killing. The Gardaí have made it plain that they will treat anybody who comes forward with the utmost compassion. They're working to the theory that the mother was from the area of South Kerry where the baby was found. They placed a particular emphasis on Valencia Island because of the tides that may have washed the baby up onto the White Strand. But over the last three years, they've taken a number of DNA samples in the wider area And it's believed that they are hoping for at least a family match with the baby. This is apparently the reason why there was the exhumation. They want some fresh DNA samples and see if they match, perhaps even with a family member of the mother and therefore they may be able to trace whom the mother is. The identity of the person who killed baby, John, is just one of a number of questions that still remain 37 years on from that tragic finding in a plastic bag wedged between rocks and the white strand. One of the reporters who covered the whole affair from the very outset was the Irish examiners, Donal Hickey. And Donal joins me now. Donal, you're very welcome. Thank you, Mick. Donal, for yourself and, and even myself, particularly as I'm originally from the area where baby Jan was found, this is a familiar story. But many people may be coming to it for the first time. As I said, it began with that discovery in April 1984,
0: How did you first hear about it? Well, I remember very well. I was sitting at home on a Sunday morning, reading my Sunday paper. Now, now Sunday is normally a quiet news day. You don't expect much to happen. And the phone rang. And on the line was a very good contact from the Carr-Savine area who told me that a baby's body had been found on the White Strand, which is a few miles outside the town, and that the body was badly injured with several stab wounds. So I followed it up from there, and I got confirmation from the guards and all that, and I prepared my story for the following morning's Irish Examiner, and that really was the start of the Kerry Babies saga, because, as you'd expect, major garden investigation immediately got underway, focused, as you said, very much on the Carseveen-South Kerry area initially, and uh, when, two weeks later, it emerged that a woman in North Kerry called Joanne Hayes had been pregnant uh, and was no longer pregnant, had given birth to a baby, obviously, and the Garda investigation immediately switched to North Kerry. They took their eye off the ball in the carsevini area, and they seemed to make assumptions that this woman, Joanne Hayes, was the mother of the Carsevini baby. And, of course... That was proved to be entirely false, as we know by now. And it led to a very, very long story, which isn't yet finished in any way, because no one has ever been found, never mind prosecuted, in relation to the killing of the Carseveen baby, as is known. Yes, baby
1: John, as was christened, I think, by the undertaker, Tom Cornan at the time when they gave the baby a burial in all, and he's buried in, in, I think it's the Holy Cross Cemetery in Carseveen. But taking up that story from there, Donald, two weeks later, as you say, somebody identified Joanna Hayes. She had been pregnant. Then she was arrested along with her family. She lived with her adult siblings and her mother on a relatively small farm outside Abbey Dorney. They were brought in for questioning. They were questioned by members of what was known as, I think, the murder squad at the time, who'd been in a number of controversies. it should be pointed out, no uh, charges or or no findings were ever made against any members of that squad. But nevertheless, they brought in the family. The family were questioned.
0: And what came out of that detention? Well, what came out of that detention was, uh, basically, the family and Joanne herself made statements. Joanne made a statement... Uh, to the effect that she had stabbed the baby and murdered the baby on the farm in Abidorni. Family members were charged with concealment of the killing of the baby. Now, these charges were based on statements which were uh, made by the hazes while in guard custody. And there were some really outlandish kind of statements. One was that the baby's body was dumped into the sea at sleigh Head. And washed up then in Carr Savine. There was a suggestion done, was there, that or, or, or they they
1: signed a statement to the effect that they drove out from their home to Slay Head? That
0: is correct, yes. Now, um, what the guards didn't do was they didn't act on something that Joanne Hayes herself told them. She told them that her baby was on the family land in Abbey but they didn't go to search until she was charged with murder on the evening that she was charged after she being charged and she was now in Limerick prison her siblings went out to, out to the farm again and they searched acting on her instructions and yes they found a baby's body in a plastic bag in a pool of water on the land so now we had two babies now we have two babies and now we have a major turn in the investigation because the first question you're going to ask is how come the Hayes' made all these statements incriminating themselves in a murder which they couldn't have committed. And further tests were carried out. Blood tests showed that Jeremiah Locke who had been in a relationship with Joanne Hayes and who had fathered her daughter, Yvonne, who was living with her, could not have been the father of the Carseveen baby. And then there was an even more ridiculous uh, theory that Joanne Hayes had twins, but there were two different fathers involved. Yeah, and just, just to,
1: to back it up a tiny bit there, Donald. So we have a scenario when the family are in custody. They make these statements. The statements all fit into a story whereby Joanne gave birth. Uh, she stabbed the baby a number of times. Her family colluded to cover it up. By her brother, at least one of her brothers, drove a car out to Slay Head, which is the, on the opposite peninsula from the White Strand where the baby was found, and threw the baby's body into the sea there, which certainly in theory could mean that the tides would have brought the baby's body over onto the Ivaragh Peninsula and that's where the baby was found. And as you say, as a result of that, Joanna was charged with murder. At the beginning of that detention, she initially said, yes, I had a baby. I had a baby outside the house at home. The baby didn't survive. And she said where the baby was. But that wasn't accepted. So it was only, as you say, after their custody finished, their time in custody finished, that she was able to send someone out to prove that the original story she gave was entirely true, that unfortunately her baby did not survive, but there was absolutely no suggestion that she had killed the baby. And as you say, there was a big problem then because now you had two babies and the baby, the original one, whose murder the gardie charged Joanna Hayes with, could not have been the man whom Joanne was uh, having a relationship with. So uh, that that was a big, a big, big problem they had then because immediately what arises there is how could they have made those statements in custody, very detailed, admitting to a murder and aiding and abetting in the disposal of a body? How could they have done that when there was absolutely no connection between Joanna and this baby in Carsevine?
0: And that was the crux, and that was what led to, the, to the, the Kerry Babies Tribunal. And the Kerry Babies Tribunal was really an investigation into how Joanne Hayes and members of her family came to be charged with offences they could not have committed. And that's key, Donald, isn't it? Because, and I think Joanna
1: Hayes herself said a number of times after, it should never have been called the Kerry Babies Tribunal, it should have been called the Kerry Garda Tribunal. Because at the outset, it was an investigation, as you say, into finding out how they could have made these statements in custody. And just to say, prior to that, once this sort of became uh, known, the state solicitor in Kerry looked at this scenario and he said, we can't go ahead charging this one with murder. That's just out. So the, the murder charge was withdrawn. There was a tip off about that to journalists at the Sunday Independent. They reported that, and that set the whole thing off into a different sphere that
0: ultimately ended with the tribunal. It led to the tribunal, and the tribunal really was into the Garda's handling of the whole investigation. And that, that's what it was all about. Unfortunately, it became a sort of an inquisition into the private life of Joanne Hayes and I think that's what really angered the public and especially feminists and women's rights organisations and they really got in behind Joanne Hayes there were several protests outside the hearing in Tralee flowers were arriving by the day into the hearing bouquets of flowers for Joanne Hayes from friends and supporters all over the country and a lot of people today would say that it was a significant uh, you know, uh, element in the whole liberalisation of women and, you know, women's rights and changes in social legislation that occurred in the years and decades that followed. That this was really a watershed in some respects. Yeah, because we had this scenario whereby an
1: all male uh, judge, Kevin Lynch, obviously a male, all the barristers and solicitors were all men. Joanna was giving evidence for five days. I think it was about 80 days
0: in total, of the evidence. Yes. 82 days altogether. We were told first to take about two to three weeks and to be all over by the end of January. It ended in June in Dublin Castle. And you had this scenario
1: whereby she was the focus and as you say, her private life, how she came to be having a relationship. She was a single person, but Jeremiah Locke, with whom she was having a relationship, was married. And it wasn't a question of Jeremiah Locke's circumstances, and that's his own business, but they were sort of portraying uh, Joanna uh, presumably on the basis that they saw it beneficial to their clients, as some kind of a fallen woman or somebody who uh who goes out looking to snatch married men and it was it was it was appalling stuff.
0: Yes, it was. And they tried to discredit her as much as they could. And there were some horrendous days during that hearing in, in, in Tralee Uh she was really, really given a very, very rough time and uh, I remember one particular day when she uh, she was under severe cross-examination from Martin Kennedy, who was the senior counsel acting for the senior guardian in the case, and she became visibly upset when he suggested to her that she never had any intention of allowing her baby to live. And he pressed her and pressed her, and of course she said, no, 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 that was never her intention. And eventually she pleaded with the judge... Can I go out? Can I can I leave the room? And she was obviously feeling sick, so the judge allowed her to, to leave the hearing. She rushed out the door down a corridor and into a toilet where she got physically sick, I believe. And it was the tribunal was resumed possibly half an hour later, and the same line of questioning continued. So there was no mercy shown her really. And you, you, I think
1: you mentioned before, Donald, uh, during breaks and all, you'd often meet her and her sister Kathleen outside.
0: Yes, I, I got to know them quite well. And um, I, I found them to be, firstly, very gentle people. And I said to myself, uh, no way, they, they, they're, they're not killers. And I got to know their brothers as well, Ned and Mike. And I uh, wish friendly chats, usually about the GA and things like that, hurling of, they're from the Hurling Belt in North Kerry and uh, we talk about anything except the tribunal which <laughs> so they wouldn't discuss that with you really but um so that the impression i got and what really hit me was when i thought about the statements that they made and i said these people were no match for the the murder squad who were seasoned detectives used to dealing with tough hardened criminals the hazes were honest to god quiet country people and um, they were easy meat for some of these people because they were, I would imagine, quite easily frightened or intimidated. And to me, um, even though Judge Lynch failed to answer the key e- issues, how come they make they came to make these statements? I, I, I could. Uh, they claimed always they were made under duress and that they were forced out of them. The may maintained that. And in those days, uh, interviews in guard stations were not videoed or recorded, there was no solicitor present, so you're faced with conflicting stories. The guards, oh no, no, we didn't force any statements out of the Hayes. The Hayes are saying quite the opposite. To know what's really happening, subscribe to the Irish Examiner today at IrishExaminer.com
1: forward slash subscribe. And as you say, I went on for about eighty-three days. Um and then the judge, Judge Kevin Lynch, who went away and um actually I think there's a small uh, <laughs> there's a kind of historical element to that a complete by the by but it goes back to the civil war I think Judge Kevin Lynch was related to a very prominent uh, pro-treaty individual uh, Lynch I forget his first Finan name Lynch Fionn Lynch yeah that's right and the Hayes I think, were related, I think he was from South Kerry as well by the way he was he was he was originally and the Hayes were related to uh, was it Stephen Fuller the, the it man. Stephen Fuller their mother was Fuller yeah who yeah. was one of the men, who was the only survivor in... Um, Bally the Civil War during the Civil War. That was just, just a bye-to-bye. But in any event, Judge Kevin Lynch, he, he drew up his report. He didn't find anything about duress. He said that the Hazes had perjured themselves. He accused them of lying. And all he said about the Gardaí was to the effect that some may have gilded the lily so there was absolutely no findings against the guardy. The only people against whom there were findings in all of this were the Hayes family.
0: Yes, that's true. Now, he was mildly critical of the guards for not going out to properly search the farm after being told by Joanne Hayes that the baby's body was out on the land. Now, he was mildly critical of, the, of them for that. One thing which he did do, uh, which was probably very significant from Joanne Hayes' point of view, is that he said she was not the mother of the carcerine baby. So that was one one positive from from the Hayes' point of view, that he made that crystal clear. Now, that didn't take a great deal of, of calculating to come up with that finding because the twins' theory was totally absurd. It was absurd and, and, and I and I think some of the Gardaí
1: maintained it for years afterwards and this theory of uh super came up, which involves somebody giving birth to
0: twins and the individual baby has different father. That was treated with total derision by most people at the time. And it had no scientific support whatsoever.
1: No, not sir? but some of the guardi maintained it for a very long time afterwards. To this I, I, day I, but
0: then... I believe some of, some of the Gardaí, uh, at least one, maintains it very strongly, in spite of yeah. everything, Al- almost 40 years on, you know. There was outrage,
1: I think it's fair to say, at the report as well. And I, I recall, because I looked at it many years later, in particular, highly unusual, certainly in terms of judicial inquiries, Um, Gene Kerrigan in McGill Magazine Wrote a very long article Saying where the judge got it wrong And the very unusual aspect was The judge came out And actually replied to him In the magazine Which But I think Even at that I think people still felt That the Hayes Even back then Were done a severe Disservice
0: What was very significant Mick at the time Was the support The Hayes received From their own community yeah, and I remember meeting people from Abbey Dorney in at protests actually at the at the hearing outside the hearing on the street outside, and they spoke so highly of the Hayes family. They were highly respected people, and when you see all people, young people, men, women, all coming out, a community united behind a family, and vouching f- f- for them in the highest possible way, you know you say. As I, w- as I mentioned earlier, these people are not murderers and these people, they had, what really got people going was the way Joanne Hayes was being treated and the way her private life was being torn apart in, in public there. Absolutely. And as you say, they, they, they were able to
1: eventually get on with their lives and remained highly regarded in their own community, which of course is the primary thing. Uh, on the wider front, the issue was sort of put to bed. Well, there was nowhere else it could go on the basis of the um, of the outcome of the tribunal. Then we fast forward to 2018. It's resurrected. The guardy make an apology to Joanna Hayes for what uh, she had been put through. And then uh, eventually the, the, there's a reference to the High Court. There's an action in the High Court. And the High Court judge... Rules that the findings against her and her family in the tribunal were wrong, were unfounded and unwarranted. And as I say, belatedly, very belatedly, there was a settlement. And that's where that end of things uh, went. And back again to where we started. And that was that, as you said, Donald, two weeks after the discovery of baby John. The initial investigation was, to the greatest extent, shut down because the Gardaí were under the impression their answers all lay 70 kilometres up away, up in North Kerry, in Abbey Dorney and with Joanna Hayes.
0: They thought it was too much of a coincidence that almost exactly the same time that the babies washed into Savine, a woman in North Kerry has a baby and... He- and yet, where is the baby? We can't see the baby. What happened? to the baby in our carry? Now she kept telling them, as I said, the baby is out on the farm, out in the land going go I'll tell you where it is, but they didn't they didn't act on her on our on, her, on her, uh advice or whatever you want to call it so and then the guards were forced into uh, ridiculous theories like the twins theory, super fecundation and all these things, and it became ever more ridiculous. And your denial and counterclaim and the whole life and the whole thing ended up being a bit of a farce, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and I suppose you could speculate that under different circumstances. Okay, as you say initially, um, they thought it was too much of a coincidence, and you can certainly take that at face value. But I think the crucial aspect was that once they confronted, if you want to use that phrase, Joanna Hayes with what they felt was. Uh, a suspicious case against her and once she explained to them what her circumstances were at that point things should have been resolved and they should have been then in a position to return to South Kerry and continue to try and find out who the real culprit was for the death of baby John.
0: You know actually I was very closely involved in the whole coverage as you know but One thing which has struck me a lot since is that, and I I knew a lot of the local guards who were involved, and there was a certain amount of resentment of the murder squad for coming in. Now, at the time, that was a practice. If there was a murder anywhere in the country, the murder squad was called in. And the tactics that they used uh, were very controversial, subsequently in particular, and the local guards... I've got it from several local guards whom I know well that if it had been left to us, this monumental mess might never have been created, that they might have handled the whole thing very differently. The local guards would have you believe now. Uh, I don't know whether that's true, but there there was a strong theory among several guards that I knew that they would have handled it better themselves at a local level. They knew the people... Uh, you know, these guards, even though a few of them were from Kerry, in the murder That's squad. That's the point.
1: They, 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 they were very eager
0: to get into it because some of
1: them were native, but as you say, culturally, they had been removed for a long time. and They'd been operating out of Dublin, and they had been dealing for the greatest part with the likes
0: of subversives and hard chars and 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 real murderers, effectively. Yes, yeah. And the head of the murder squad was a man called Detective Superintendent John Courtney, who came from Annescull in West Kerry, and. Uh, but I don't think some of the fellows in the murder squad, and they were all men, by the way, uh, didn't seem to understand the psyche of rural people. And I'm feeling that uh, I, the local guards certainly, I think, wouldn't have persisted with uh, stupid theories about twins and super fecundation and all that. And they would have a lot better, they'd have more local insights and more local contacts. And... What really opened my eyes at a personal level was the support of the people of North Kerry and Abbey Dorney, especially for the Hayes family. And the incredulity of the people up there after they had been charged really would, would amaze you.
1: Yeah, it's a very good point, Donald. I mean, as you say, it could have been crucial at the point when uh, Joanna was first questioned about this. And if she explained that, that you could well imagine a local guard might have said, all right, I know the family are saying that, we'll go out and have a look and see if it stacks up and they would have gone out and found that
0: her story was enti- was entirely correct. Correct. And that would have changed the whole the whole line of the investigation. And it would have helped them to refocus again in South Kerry where they believed the real suspect was. And now, uh, another point, Mick, is there were all kinds of theories at the time about the baby, its origins. The presumption was that the baby came from the The immediate Carstavine area, maybe Valencia, maybe, you know, the the environs of Carstavine, let us say. Now, there was a theory as well that the baby may have been thrown overboard from a ship at sea or a boat or it could have been washed in from any place. We don't know. There were too many assumptions in this whole saga, uh, wrong assumptions. And is it a wrong assumption as well that the baby actually originated in South Kerry? Uh, we don't know
1: it's a fair point Donald. absolutely uh, knowing the geography and and there is an awful lot of uh, inlets and what have you there, and White strand is sort of hidden inside comes right in the harbor the uh for that reason it appears that when eventually in two thousand and eighteen and this i i i find this a bit shocking. As we say, after two weeks shut down and because of everything that flowed, including this controversial tribunal, uh, the guards being in the spotlight and everything, because of all that and because some of the guards appeared to persist with the belief that Joanna Hayes had something to do with it, it was never resumed. And so then in 2018, when it is resumed, one of the areas of focus that the Cold Case Review uh, looked at was Valencia Island, which people will well know, it's, it's populated, it's usually populated during the summer, but it has an all-round population there, that um, the tides would make it very plausible that perhaps it had gone into the water in Valencia Island and had been washed up in the White Strand. And in Valencia and the general Carsevine area, they've taken a, a large number of DNA samples.
0: Yeah, I mean... That was a quite a controversial investigation at the time, because people were saying it was it was it was too intrusive, and they were um investigating people who say were having extramarital affairs or women who've had babies out of wedlock uh, even cases of incest and all that that it was a it was quite an intrusive sort of an investigation that really got in got uh, into people's private, very private matters and still did, still it didn't throw up anything. But as I said it only lasted a few weeks around Carcerine and it shifted to North Kerry then and the the trail seemed to have gone cold after that if, if there was a local trail.
1: Yeah and and, and that seems to be the the, the, the current focus um, and it would seem that the exhumation was done with a view getting fresh DNA samples and seeing is there some kind of a match because for example if there was a family match and say for example uh, a mother or a woman may have immigrated 10 20 30 35 years ago uh, they could have a match or even someone still living locally but as you say it still remains something of an assumption that the mother and and there's a there's a, a there's an assumption also that the mother was directly responsible for stabbing the baby that, that that may be more soundly based on the base. it certainly seems like a frenzied attack.
0: Yes, it does. I mean 28 stab wounds and a broken neck in in, in an infant like you know very young um it sounds like a terribly crazed attack and uh, it needn't it shouldn't be assumed that the mother did it uh, necessarily um you don 't know it could be another family member, or what amazes me about it is that why i'm not never really was totally convinced the origin of the baby was local is that it's it's a pretty tight community around Karsvin and South around Valencia and but I know of it, and I know a lot of people there um that much doesn't happen without everyone knowing about it and um that suspicions might have been aroused and people have a lot to do with one another, you know, and a lot of neighbourliness and people know each other's business quite well and that if there was anything like that, um, I'd expect the guards to get wind of it pretty quickly. And um, when the investigation was reopened a couple of years ago, you'd figure that some new information or new suspects have come to light. But nothing has happened since, Uh the exhumation may indicate that they have a suspect and they want more DNA. Uh, that, to me, would seem to be the, the thinking. Uh, but we, we're we still as far away as we ever were, I think, from from cracking this case. I think you're right. And as you say, um, it is a tight-knit community. And
1: the idea that, in the first instance, something like this could happen without anybody knowing... And thereafter, once the body was found, that uh, even at that stage, that nobody would have got wind of it. It, it, it. On one level, it certainly seems unlikely. The other thing, don't let arise, and people will be aware that recently RT television showed a documentary that looked back at the killing of father Niall Malloy in 1985. And there are some parallels there in terms of the... Uh, Well, I suppose what you might say, how justice was not done for people in a scenario whereby there was far too much deference for authority and judicial authority even. And uh, it certainly was a cold place for anybody who found themselves outside the the normal strictures that were uh, in place at the time.
0: Yeah, well, you see, the guards at the time were virtually unquestioned in their modus operandi. Uh, it's different now because we've had a lot of scandals and investigations and inquiries involving Gardi since then. Uh, we know that the power of the church has, has hugely diminished. Uh, illegitimacy has been abolished, I think, since 1987. Uh, cohabitation has become commonplace, Uh Pregnancy outside marriage no longer has that kind of a stigma. Things have changed. Uh, When you remember back in that time in the 80s, homosexuality and divorce, for instance, were still illegal. Uh, Same-sex marriage and abortion were three or four decades away all the time. So, uh, I mean, society has changed hugely and... You really have to I think to have, have lived through that kind of a society which I grew up in anyway, um to try and and, and understand the deference and the reverence indeed and, and the over over reverence and over deference for for institutions that have been very much discredited in our society since then. Yeah, I suppose as uh As Bob Dylan put it, it was in another lifetime, one of toil and blood. (laughs) It was, and um, that's why I'm saying that what was properly an investigation into the guardless handling of of a serious crime in South Kerry turned into an inquisition into a 25-year-old woman's private life. It is quite amazing, actually,
1: when you put it in those terms, and that is so
0: accurate. It is. It is indeed. Don Hickey, thank
1: you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much. I'd also like to thank our engineer, JJ Vernon. Thank you, folks, for listening. Uh, you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you soon. On Formative, middle school kids from New York City public schools interview a phenomenal collection of grown-ups.
0: Me, like, I don't know what I want to do. You don't have to have all the
1: answers. I feel like a lot of people's favorite topics are like interest in their life.
0: That is a really good answer. The podcast where the leaders of today are interviewed by leaders of tomorrow. Listen now at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts.